EO Fire, 1348. Good work always gets found. Hey, Fire Nation, and welcome to EO Fire, where I chat with inspiring entrepreneurs seven days a week. Are you looking for an all-in-one podcasting solution? Visit podcastwebsites.com and schedule a chat to see why Podcast Websites is for you. Ignite. Fire Nation into house. John Lee Doom is here and I'm fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Melissa Casera. Melissa, are you prepared to ignite? I am ready. Yes. <laughs> Melissa is a PR strategist who helps entrepreneurs create obsessed fan bases around their work. When she's not teaching business owners how to get more publicity and sales, she's penning sexy, dramatic screenplays and rocking Hollywood pitch meetings. Melissa, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro and give us a little glimpse of your personal life. Sure. Well, probably the most interesting thing for your listeners would be um, in between moving from my hometown of New Jersey to uh, moving out to California, my husband and I lived in an Airstream trailer. So it was a 27 foot, like that big metal looking thing with our three dogs. And we traveled the entire United States in that several times, actually. <laughs> and it was really interesting, really cool, but also like times that were not so cool. <laughs> and everybody always says to me, like the one question I always get is, how are you still married <laughs> after that? <laughs> and I'm like, it was great. Maybe your answer should be, we're still married because of that. Yes. <laughs> that is a great answer. <laughs> we can handle anything. Wow. Um, yeah. So that was a, a pretty cool like section of our life. And um, I just moved to LA actually myself from a from a personal standpoint. So we lived in Napa for a few years and the only reason we moved down here was because of my screenwriting. Otherwise, we'd still be amongst the vines, which are beautiful. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the other question I get. Like, why the hell did you move from Oh, there? I would have asked that same question. Uh, it's beautiful. Um, but my hope is to retire back there someday. But as far as like career goes, it's definitely better to be here in the city. All right. All right. Well, you got to go a uh, career first, I guess. And yeah. let's talk, speaking of career about revenue because LA is not cheap. Um, living isn't cheap. So how do you, Melissa, today generate revenue in your business? Yeah. So I have a signature class called Obsessed, of course. <laughs> um, that opens for enrollment once a year and it's a year-long class and group mentorship program. So that's my main source of revenue within my business. Um, I do have another like tiny bit of revenue that comes from a self-study guide called The Swirl Effect, which is all about swirling together divergent passions and interests into one super cool personal brand. Um, and that's on my site as well. And then, of course, the other division of my business is um, getting paid as a screenwriter, which is why I'm here. Um, right now, I'm currently working on a um, writing assignment for a TV movie. That's unfortunately all I can say because the contracts here are very secretive and ironclad. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I'm not allowed to reveal any other details. Um, but certainly, I get paid for writing assignments and for optioning of scripts and things like that. So that is where my revenue comes from. Now, how many people do you accept into Obsessed every year? So this year we have um, close to 200 people in the program. So it's um, 200 people in the program. How much is it for one year? 
It's $1,000. So $1,000 gets you one year in Obsessed. What's your main lead generation to get actually people into the doors of Obsessed in the first place? Yeah. So I teach a free five-day class that leads into the program. So it's sort of just an appetizer sampling of what you would get in the year. And so through that, um, that pretty much brings everybody in the door because it's a really good sampling. Um, And then other than that, you know, I do have a pretty hefty waiting list each year. So because we only open the enrollment once, that gives me an entire year for people to, you know, be like, when are you opening the doors again? Can you let me in now? Um, Which is super cool. Right, because that's definitely. what obsession is about. So certainly, by the time we do open doors, we definitely have like some yeses already, um, which is of course awesome for any type of business. And just real quick, kind of break down like what do people get throughout the year? Like, are there monthly meetups? Like, what is like how is the structure and functionality of Obsess? How does that work? Mm-hmm. So each week you get a new um, bite-sized lesson that helps you to create obsession within your business. So it's something that's um, really, really tangible and action-based. Lots of times it has to do with writing some piece of content or putting together something for your um, audience. And I give templates and things like that. So it's really easy for people to integrate. So we have this kind of once a week um, bite-sized action item within your business to move you forward into that place of creating an obsessed fan base. Uh, We all meet online. It's in a private group online. And I'm there every single day giving feedback on the lessons, answering questions, things like that. So it's very, very interactive. I'm highly engaged with my group. And then we do have monthly um, calls. So we do like a group Q&A call every month just to fill in any gaps that might have been missed. And there's prizes and there's little bonuses that go out all year. So lots of like fun surprises. And it's great. So Melissa, you mentioned that you had a few low moments over your years of traversing the United States and back again. And of course, that's going to happen. I mean, that's the roller coaster of life. But I want to talk about the roller coaster of entrepreneurship. So take us to what you consider your worst entrepreneurial moment to date, Melissa, and really bring us to that moment in time and tell us that story. Yes. (laughs) Uh, so this was probably, I think, around nine years ago at this point. So I've had my own business for 11 years, just as an FYI for everybody listening. So that means that I was very, very new to business. And I remember taking on this client. And at the time, I was doing more traditional PR services, meaning like people would hire me um, or my company rather to get them in magazines or newspapers or on television, right? So very traditional types of things where I was doing it for them. So this one client hired me and I had this gut feeling from the beginning that something was off as I know a lot of us go through. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like screaming at me. But at the time, being very new to my business, um, this was actually a really well-paying contract. And so I was like, I'm going to do it. You know, I don't want to give up the money. It's it's an amazing. And like, how bad could it be? How bad could it go? And by the way, Fire Nation, that's a red flag when you say those words. How bad could it really be? It's bad, guys. (laughs) Let me tell you. So what happened was, um, I'll try to tell the, the very abridged story of this. So what happened was uh, the company was owned by two partners and the partners split. 
And the one partner decided to sue the other partner for basically like everything this guy was worth. But in that lawsuit, it was like a very vindictive and vicious lawsuit, like stuff that should be on television only, <laughs> like not in real life. And, um, and it was very vindictive and vicious. And what he did in this suit was he lumped in anyone who had ever worked with the company, meaning myself. Mm. So any like outside contractors, any anyone that they had engaged in any way, any partners, any contractors, people that were not employees, because that's really key to say. Um, he lumped us all into the lawsuit Ugh. saying that we were lying and that we actually were employees, which would make us liable for all of this like federal these federal offenses of like stealing employee files and really bizarre things that I was like, I don't know what this means. Um, and so it was really interesting because at the time it was terrifying, like absolutely terrifying. I had a panic attack. I had to go to the hospital. <laughs> it was really, mm. really bad because I never thought that something like that could happen to you if you were truly innocent. Right. So, so there's complete innocence here. I had nothing to do with it. I wasn't lying. I wasn't an employee. I was, you know, a contractor. I had contracts. I literally had everything you could possibly imagine to prove it. But the point was that the, the partner was incredibly vindictive throughout this process and decided that he knew that, that myself and any other contractors involved were innocent. But it was the point that he thought if he lumped us in, it would hurt the other partner. So he was just doing it as in, from a vindictive place. And so what that meant is if someone sues you, even if you're completely, completely innocent, you still have to get a lawyer, you have to pay. And that's an incredible amount of money. So, you know, think about that. Like on the front end, you might be spending, or I'm sorry, you might be making, you know, a nice chunk. But then if that happens to you, you're looking at a minimum $100,000 in legal fees. So it's crazy. Um yeah, it was it was really insane. Fortunately, everything got wiped away. Um, I do have a lawyer in the family who was able to help out, so that was awesome. So he was doing a little pro bono, just he like he was doing pro bono. Um, and you know, I got really lucky, and also because there was no case, so I think that that was a big thing. And we found out that even like the opposing legal team told their client, like, "Why are you doing this? You're wasting your money. <laughs> like, you wow. have no case." And he was just like, "Nope, I want to do this because I want to scare them." Them and I want, you know, I want what's mine. And just like, it was crazy. I mean, Fire Nation, sometimes there are just vindictive people in this world. And it's sad, but it's true. And it's a reality. And we really do need to prepare and protect ourselves against these, you know, hopefully low percentage, but there still is a percentage chance that this will happen. So Melissa, now that we've sufficiently freaked out some listeners of Fire Nation, <laughs> like what are some lessons learned? Like what can we be proactively doing to protect ourselves against stuff like this? Yes. Well, I mean, I think number one, and this isn't even from a legal standpoint, but listen to your intuition. And like you said, those red flags, those always come back to bite you. So really, really tuning in. Anytime you have that little flicker inside that says, this seems off, it's probably off, it's probably wrong. So kind of tune that skepticism dial a bit. In your business, like I would say tune it higher than you normally would and really, really pay attention because I definitely could have caught this had I listened to my gut. And then the other pieces, of course, are, um, you know, the importance of having like legal counsel. And I know my lawyer was just on your show recently, Jenna Jaffe. Yeah, she rocks. Um, and so, you know, I use her and she's fabulous. And you really do have to have, before you start anything, even before you think about having a business, you know, you should have a lawyer on board. And 
at the time, I, I had someone that just drafted contracts for me, but no one that was kind of my ongoing you know, sound system and support. And so I would definitely do that differently going back, you know, have a lawyer that you can go to at any time that's like looking and proofing all of your contracts and communications to make sure everything's on point. I was on point at the time. Um, but I think had I had a lawyer, you know, with me, it's something they could have looked at just right away and really said, okay, here's what, here's what it is. And, and they knew everything about my business. For me, it was a lot of like, you know, just reacting to the situation and like begging my cousin to help. <laughs> right. And I think a really big takeaway here at Fire Nation that I want to make sure that you get is don't be penny wise that ends up being pound foolish. I mean, you have to put in the dollars up front to make sure that, hey, I don't have to pay those huge dollars down the road. That's why we insure our homes against fire. You know, we don't think our house is going to burn down, but if it does, you know, that $7 a month that we've been paying, you know, all of a sudden it becomes pretty valuable. And the same thing with car insurance. I mean, this is an insurance for your business. It has to be part of the investment that you're making in yourself, in your business. Now, Melissa, what is one of your greatest aha moments. Take us to that moment. Tell us that story. Again, all back in the beginning of my business, I was a mid-20s gal um, just starting. And I was competing with some really big ad agencies and PR agencies at the time. So I was like this little tiny girl, just like fresh out of my corporate job, um, trying to go up against in these pitch meetings, all of these people with insanely amazing track records. Um, and what I did during that time, and this will come into the story later, is I actually was able to make money in my business or sort of fund my marketing business um, by doing some commercial acting and modeling back east in New York and Philadelphia. So that was something I did. And it was like, I never told anyone in business. It was just something that I did on the side. And it actually was quite a wonderful funding source for me to build my business. So kind of fast forward to um, this, this particular pitch meeting I was in. I was pitching about, I would say there was about a dozen guys in the room, all wearing like very like well-pressed suits, all gray hair, <laughs> just kind of sitting around the table. <laughs> and here's me in the front with my PowerPoint presentation <laughs> and clicking through. And not one of them was paying attention to me. Uh. They were all staring down. Some guy was on his phone. I mean, it was really just mortifying, right? And I knew I was, this whole thing was just sinking. Um, but I got through it. And that was how a lot of meetings went back then, unfortunately. And so as I was nearing the end, one of the, the guys looks up at me and says, hey, aren't you the girl from the flooring commercial? <laughs> and I just remember being so mortified because I was in a flooring commercial. It was like one of those really cheesy commercials that would run during um, Monday Night Football all the right. time. <laughs> and um, so I I just remember I, I literally sank my body into the chair and I was just so embarrassed that this meeting was going so horrible and I was trying to, you know, tell them all of my accolades that I had at 26 years old, you know, all these things. And then this guy's like, hey, you're the chick from the flooring commercial. And then I just figured, oh, this is done. <laughs> so I sink down and I basically said, you know, does anyone have any questions, meaning questions on the presentation I just gave? And then the same guy says, well, how did you get that commercial? That's Ooh. so cool. And I said, well, I have an agent here. And so 
Anyway, so then the whole room starts to perk up and everybody goes, that's so interesting that you do that, but you also do marketing. And like everyone starts asking questions and they're asking questions about how it is to be on camera and like all of these things. And so I just went along with the ride, right? Because I figured, well, I'm here, I'll, I'll do whatever. And, you know, at this point, I'm like, I lost this campaign, obviously, but I'm fine talking to these gentlemen from a personal standpoint. So I really relaxed. I was just myself and, you know, just talked about my experiences that they were asking. Lo and behold, I leave, I get a call the next day that I got the contract. And not only that, but I worked with this company, I would say maybe like five to six years. They were one of my best clients ever. Um, And so what I really learned from that was, you know, and we hear it a lot about embracing your personality, pulling your personality into your business, um, being more authentic and open. But that to me was just a clear example in my life as to, yes, you should be yourself. Don't pretend to be somebody else. Don't button yourself up if you're not a buttoned up person. Um, talk about think interesting things and hobbies that you do, right? So you're when people ask about you or want to hear about you, don't just say stack all of your impressive credentials, right? Those are important, but you also want to add in like fun facts or things about yourself that people don't know or a hobby that you have or the fact that you lived in an Airstream, right? So things like that you want to talk <laughs> about because that's actually what makes you interesting, right? Not the fact that you won these seven awards and worked with these 50 Fortune 500 companies, right? And Fire Nation, this isn't the first time you've heard this. I mean, authenticity, transparency, these things are huge when you're building your online brand, especially if you're looking to become an authority figure, even in a small niche or maybe a more broad market. It needs to be you. That is how you're going to build a real audience for the marathon for real over time the right way. So I love all of this, Melissa. That's just a great takeaway in so many reasons. And people might be saying, wow, does this girl have any weaknesses at this point in her life? And Melissa, it's time to share your biggest weakness as an entrepreneur. Oh, I'm terrible at delegating. (laughs) I'm terrible at it. Um, Oh, goodness. I'm terrible at delegating in my life. Like if my husband like wants to wash the dishes, I'm like, no, 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 let me do it. (laughs) I'm like, Um, you're hired. (laughs) I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, Yes, I really, that's definitely my weakness is, um, kind of growing and delegating. And and luckily, I'm getting better at it. I certainly have people on my team now that do certain things, but it's still a bit of a stretch for well, me. Well, you did say the key word there, and that is team, Fire Nation. You only have so much time, energy, and bandwidth. Spend that time, that energy, your personal bandwidth on things that you're already good at so you can become great. People want your greatness. They don't want you becoming okay at something you're crappy at. What, Melissa, is your biggest strength? Oh, writing. (laughs) Content creation and writing, which is probably not a surprise to anyone considering you all know that I'm a screenwriter. But but definitely writing is my my big strength. And speaking of my weakness, I mean, that really came in big time since I've been amping my screenwriting career over the past... um, you know, year or two and how I literally have no time for other things now because I, I spend the majority of my day writing, writing. Well, that's not a bad thing because Fire (laughs) Nation, I mean, should Melissa be spending her time doing other things that she's okay at, that she's not even good at, she should be delegating in the first place or should she be spending her time where she's greatest? And it's an easy answer there. But Melissa, you have said that you have a lot of exciting things going on. What is the one thing you are most fired up about right now? 
So I'm excited because I really want to get into producing. Um, obviously, writing is super awesome in Hollywood, but you're often writing other people's projects. And so in order to you know, really get something on your own off the ground, you need to step into a producer role, which can be difficult when you have no money, (laughs) if you don't have like millions and millions and millions. So we're not talking about like tiny bits of money. We're talking about, you know, like a hundred million or more sometimes to produce things. Yeah. So the, so like it's, it's really big money here to get productions off the ground. Um, But, you know, one of the cool things that you can do is you can fund your own, let's say like a web series or a short film. So I'm kind of playing in that space. Um, And what I'm really fired up about, because I love writing about things that make me fired up and not necessarily fired up from like excitement or happiness. Sometimes it's fired up from like, I call it the heat. So it's like, what are you like hot about? Like, what are you, what's like firing you? Like where you're like, keep it going girl. You are on brand with us right now. Yeah. So, so like I think about that. So I call it like writing from the heat. And for me, I'm most heated right now around things like get rich quick schemes. Like I hate that stuff. And I'm sure like everyone listening hates that too. Um, Super slimy, you know, things that are like, you know, things that are just actually quite terrifying (laughs) going on out there. Well, that's why I love that like the big short came out because it's really Uh, starting to expose that, you know, get rich quick schemes aren't just people that, you know, are like sketchy and on the internet with like, you know, Prince Darkor from Nigeria. I mean, they're actually people on Wall Street in business suits that are just doing stuff that's not benefiting the general population. It's benefiting themselves or their company. And so it's across the board in Fire Nation. You need to be aware that, yes, there are good and great people in the financial industry, but your red flag has to go up when anybody's going to tell you that this is going to happen quick. This is going to happen overnight. So I'm glad that you're taking up that crusade, Melissa. And speaking of crusades, we have a killer crusade coming up in the lightning round. So don't you go anywhere, Fire Nation. We'll be right back. Ever started working on a project and been so excited you forgot about hiring someone to help make it a reality? Finding someone who is trustworthy and who can help bring your project to life is a big deal. That's why I love super niche businesses created to help solve a specific pain point like TopTal. I interviewed the founder of TopTal, Brendan, back on episode 132 of EO Fire. Brendan is very passionate about helping people find the perfect developer or designer, so much so that TopTal only accepts the top 3% of those they screen. TopTal also offers a risk-free two-week trial period. If you're not happy with the work done during your trial period, TopTal will pay the developer or designer and you'll get your money back. To get started on this amazing two-week no-risk trial, visit TopTal.com Fire, or shoot me an email and I'll personally introduce you to the executive at TopTal who can help you get set up. John at eofire.com. Melissa, are you prepared for the lightning rounds? I'm prepared. Yes. I'm ready. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I actually never wanted to be an entrepreneur. My husband talked me into it. <laughs> <laughs> so yourself, you were holding yourself back. I was holding myself back. What yeah. is the best advice you have ever received? Good work always gets found. What's a personal habit that contributes to your success? Batching, writing a whole bunch of content at once and staying really far ahead of your content schedule. You are interview three of 15 today, Melissa. I am all about batching. Can, awesome. <laughs> can you share an internet resource like Evernote with Fire Nation? 
Yeah. So it's called, um, the one that I like is Vocaroo. So it's V-O-C-A-R-O-O. It's a really fun, quick recording um, system for audio notes. So let's say you just want to send somebody like an audio love note or something, you could do that. Or you can read aloud your blog posts and then post a little audio note to it. So that way there's two ways people can consume your content. Yeah, I love it. It's actually on my bookmark dashboard right now. It's a tool that I love and use. And if you could recommend just one book, Melissa, for Fire Nation, what would it be and why? Oh, I love Expectation Hangover by Christine Hostler. Um, it's amazing for releasing if you have very rigid expectations in your business or your life and just letting things flow. I was just hanging out with Christine a couple months ago at a conference. Oh, great girl, perfect. past EO Fire guest and great book, Fire Nation. Now, Melissa, I want to end today on fire with a parting piece of guidance from you. The best way that we can connect with you and then we'll say goodbye. Just focus down on your work. Um, And like I said earlier, good work always gets found. And then to find me, you can just go to my website, which is super easy. It's melissacassera.com. Boom. And Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you've been hanging out with MC and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head on over to eofire.com. Just type Melissa in the search bar. Her show notes page will pop up with everything that we've been talking about today. And of course, go directly to melissacassera.com if you want to check out her site. And again, links to all of this stuff will be on the show notes page, eofire.com search bar, Melissa. Melissa, thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks, everybody. Fire Nation, thank you for listening to EO Fire. Visit eofire.com for killer resources, free trainings, and so much more. It's time to share your voice and message with the world and our free podcast course will show you the way. Text podcast course, all one word, to 33444 and ignite.